Two indigenous men are cleared for crime they didn't commit 50 years ago. Mercury poisoning in a First Nations community is connected to higher rates of suicide. Mainers are set to vote to create a public utility and Calgary might lose money as a result. Massive oil spill covers the beach in Ecuador and a bomb accidentally explodes, killing nine people in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Good morning. It's Friday, July 21st. I'm Nora. Here are your headlines. This morning, we start with the story of an exoneration 50 years in the making, described in a column by Negan Sinclair for the Winnipeg Free Press. Alan Woodhouse and Brian Anderson were charged in 1973 for killing Ting Fong Chen in Winnipeg. The primary evidence used against the two men was falsified confessions written by the Winnipeg police. The confessions were written in perfect English, which is bizarre, notes Sinclair, as both men spoke little English. They were Ojibwe from Pine Mutang First Nation and were teens who had moved to Winnipeg for work. On Tuesday, they were exonerated by Chief Justice Glenn Joyal. Sinclair wrote, quote, For Anderson and Woodhouse, their half-century fight wasn't just to clear their names. It was a battle against the entire Manitoba justice system, unquote. The case, notes Sinclair, demonstrated that there was a failure at every level, or perhaps intentional malice, sewn into every step of the process, from the Winnipeg police to Crown prosecutors, defense lawyers, parole boards, prison psychologists, parole officers, quote, and on and on, unquote. For example, the Crown prosecutor in the case was George Dangerfield. Dangerfield now has the highest number of wrongful convictions in Canada over his 30-year career. Both Anderson and Woodhouse did jail time for the murder and then after had to deal with parole officers who limited their movements and, quote, denied their claims of innocence, unquote. The not-for-profit group Innocence Canada took on the fight in 2017 to try and clear Anderson and Woodhouse's names. Their work resulted in Minister of Justice David Lametti calling for a new trial for the two men. Here's how Sinclair finishes his piece. Quote, on Tuesday, a group of heroes, Indigenous and Canadian, two men, their families, a teacher, and a group of lawyers and volunteers won. They proved justice can eventually prevail, but justice may need to be defeated first. Unquote. Next, new research links the suicide crisis at Asupichusi Wagong Anishinaabe Territory, also known as Grassy Narrows First Nation, to mercury poisoning. The suicide rate there is three times higher than other First Nations communities, which is several orders higher than non-First Nations communities already. 41% of youth in the community have attempted suicide, said women from the community. The study included 80 mothers and 162 children and youth in the community. Asupichosi Wagong Anishinaabe Territory has been poisoned by industry, specifically a paper mill that dumped nine tons of mercury upstream from the community, not too far from Kenora, Ontario. Mercury is a neurotoxin. Community members have been poisoned for generations now by eating fish. Mothers have passed on mercury exposure to their children, and it's been found in umbilical cords of children and grandchildren. Fishing is critical to both the economy and the social and traditional lives of folks at Grassy. 
The community's leadership, including Chief Rudy Turtle, is calling for both resources to be able to stop the crisis and help the community move on, but also for the federal government to withdraw from its territory, reports Cece DeFlavis with CTV News. Next to Maine, where a referendum in November will be held asking people if they want to create a consumer-owned utility called Pine Tree Power. Now, that's the language used by Adam McTeer at Global News, consumer-owned utility. What he means to say is that it will be a public body governed by an elected board. This story has a Canadian connection, but wait, let's hear from the Mainers who are for and against this referendum. The group that is fighting to create the new public body is called Our Power. Their spokesperson, Vaughn Woodruff, told News Centre Maine this, quote, The cost will be immediately lower than our costs are now. As we know, Mainers across the state are struggling with electricity costs, and this is an opportunity to take advantage, unquote. The opponents are a group called Maine Affordable Energy Coalition, which is funded by Central Maine Power, who currently privately delivers the power. Their spokesperson is called Willie Rich, and he said this, quote, At its essence, it's a scheme to seize the private utilities in the state and run up a debt of about $13.5 billion and put the state's utilities in the hands of partisan politicians, unquote. Of course, putting the state's utilities into politicians' hands isn't how a public body would work. But anyway, we have a few months to wait and see how Mainers will react to this. Back to global news. One of the companies that is currently operating Maine's grid is Versant Power. They are owned by NMAX, which is Calgary's publicly owned electricity utility. NMAX is funneling money into the No campaign. They have given $7.5 million in 2023 to Maine Energy Progress, another group who is opposed to the vote. That group was founded by Versant Power and NMAX. Global asked the group for comment and they did not reply. The city of Calgary gets a yearly dividend of $82 million from NMAX. No doubt that Calgary will miss that money, but maybe Mainers need it more. Global asked the city of Calgary for comment, but they also did not reply. The vote is in November. Now, that last story reminds us that while it's important for our utilities to be publicly controlled, it is also possible for them to behave badly. Of course, this is a given. And so with that, we move to Ecuador, where 1,200 barrels of oil has been spilled along its northwest coast. It's contaminated about four kilometers of Las Palmas Beach in Esmeraldas. A tank owned by Petro Ecuador, a public company, surpassed its capacity at a marine terminal and spilled. Some of the oil spilled inside Petro Ecuador's facilities and did not end up on the beach, said transportation manager Rafael Armandariz. Petro Ecuador doesn't know what caused the leak, and Ecuador's environmental minister Jose Davalos has said that they are waiting for an assessment before they decide what penalties will be imposed. And finally, Agence France Presse is reporting that at least nine people have been killed and 16 others injured after an explosive device exploded in a field in the Democratic Republic of Congo. A local told AFP that someone had picked up a bomb and handed it to a militiaman when it exploded. This happened Wednesday night in Lubwe Sud in Ruchuru territory. Two died on the spot and seven died from their wounds. In the eastern DRC, there are somewhere as many as 120 groups in the region who are armed. Fighting has been going on for decades there. In 2021, a group called M23 reactivated and captured territory in the region of North Kivu, which is where Ruchuru territory is located. More than 1 million people have been displaced in anticipation of M23 coming through the territory, according to the UN. Human Rights Watch has accused M23 of committing war crimes in recent months. 
Al Jazeera reports that the DRC government and the United States and France accuse Rwanda of actively backing the M23. Rwandan officials deny this. In May, M23 tried to take the city of Goma, which is near where the blast happened. That forced a mass exodus of people fleeing before M23 fighters arrived. In June, Congolese military forces reportedly planned to deploy Ajamira, a private military company that is led by two Frenchmen, to help fight against M23 reports africannews.com. Those are your headlines for Friday, July 21st. I'm Nora. You're listening to this podcast at sandynora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and syndicated on campus stations across Canada. Can you believe it's Friday already? Friday, my God, Friday. That week went so fast. And yet, so too does the summer. As I say, it's July 21st. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and that you get some time off. And I'll talk to you on the other side.